here we go again. Another weekend without golf, but with Swing Thoughts. For many years, we've been doing this podcast, and now it's a radio show. Great to be with you on TSN 1150 Hamilton. My name is Humble Howard from the Humble and Fred Show, golf spiritual leader. Don't ask me why I call myself that. I just do. You know, although they say you shouldn't give yourself a nickname, but I've been Humble Howard for so long. I, What am I going to do now? Uh, Tim. Well, you are a golf spiritual leader. I mean, <laughs> you're there. I mean, I just, I'm humbled in your presence. Oh, I appreciate your, it. Your omniscience and big words like that. That's uh, that's my buddy. That's my boy. Uh, Tim O'Connor, O'ConnorGolf.ca. Mental performance coach extraordinaire. And uh, peace be with you, brother, on this another uh, lockdown edition. Oh, and may the peace of the world be with you, too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, this program is brought to you by TaylorMade Golf. Man, uh, a lot of people getting their TaylorMade equipment uh, and itching to get out and use it. The all-new Sim and Sim Max Drivers. Uh, I snuck over to a friend's house, actually one of your clients who has a huge acreage, and uh, I think it was last weekend I finally got to hit the driver. Yikes. <laughs> you know you know when you've hit it and you're like, I don't think it was supposed to go that long. You know, it's like where you hit it and you're just like, oh, that was pretty good. But I don't think that was me. <laughs> um, anyway, it's, it's something else. Uh, you've got the driver, don't you? I do, I do. Uh, the uh, drivers, of course, uh, reshaping your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn about new Shape in Motion, the new Shape in Motion family of TaylorMade products. Later on in the show, we're going to talk about Team TaylorMade and uh, the first made-for-TV golf event in a long time. There's a couple of them. Also today in our show, we're going to be talking about uh, all kind of things, including, you know, another crack at how we crack the mental code. Uh, and, of course, uh, just, you know, regular feelings and sharing and, you know, all the stuff that we do. Well, that guy stuff that we do. <laughs> That's right. Are, are, we, are, are you going to be vulnerable today, Howard? Um, uh, listen, man, I was born vulnerable. Born to vuln. Uh, O'Connor, you've had a good week. We're going to talk also about uh, the fact I got to participate. I was very excited to be part of the coaches, coaching coaches thing. Yeah, yeah that was Professionals. Fun. I mean, it was really cool. We had uh, Ralph Bauer on, uh, and it was so – I was thinking about how cool an experience it was. Here we are. We had a Zoom call with about 20, 21, 22 uh, golf professionals across North America, and here we had PGA Tour coach Ralph Bauer, coaches uh, Adam Hadwin, Kyle Stanley, Johnny Vegas – and it was such an interesting thing. He was he was analyzing the swings of some scratch golfers, really good players, including my co-host Howard, yeah. um, a couple other guys, Greg Beal, um, Jeff Klein. And it was so interesting as he went through the through the video. We're watching it happen while he's doing it. He's talking about what he's seeing. He's answering questions from the guy from the from the guys like you. He's getting questions from other people. I just thought, what an interesting experience to uh, uh, experience. Yeah. Well, it's it's the the technology and and uh, our first guest, a, a longtime friend of both of ours and a friend of this show. Uh, he's I don't been know. Which is zooming. Coaches. Yeah, he's been on that. Um, anyway, I can't remember where I was going with that. So, uh, but 
we're, we're always happy to have him in our presence and on our show. He's, I was going to say, he's been on the podcast uh, probably in our first year, was one of our first guests, and now it's a pleasure to welcome to TSN Radio. He's a director of uh, the Glen Abbey Golf Academy, and, and not only a great guy, but really one of the finest instructors slash mentors slash golf guys that you could ever know uh, from Sean Casey Golf. Hello to Sean Casey. Look at you. Look hey, at fellas. you. Thanks for having me. We we The three of us are so interconnected, it's gross. But first, let's it's just... How we got, it's how we met. <laughs> it is. It's how we. I, I don't want to. I don't want to take too much credit, but I, I think I had a little something to do with it. Yes, you did. Absolutely, you did. <laughs> I mean, just real quick, you were. I was writing a story on relationships between coaches and students, and you uh, had been working with Howard, and you helped him. I think go from like a four to like ridiculously low, and you connected us, and. Uh, and Howard and I got talking. We found out we're golf nerds. And, yeah, next thing you know, we're doing a podcast. So thank you, Sean Casey. Exactly. Yeah, I forgot how it happened, but I do remember uh, kind of the three of us connecting back in those days. Well, Tim's worked with you. I've worked with you. I've spoken to your kids. Tim's spoken to your kids. But speaking of children, as we said just before we started recording, uh, the last time I saw you, Casey, you and I played in our little pro-am that we play in at Cedarbury every year. Your buddy um, Justin puts it together at uh, – and it's for a great cause. But I, I hadn't seen you in face-to-face time uh, since you had a baby boy. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's been uh, been pretty awesome through this COVID uh, house time we've had. It's, you know, having him running around, bombing around, seeing the day-to-day changes has just been uh, amazing. And having, an, you know, the iPhone these days to, to document everything, you've always got a camera on you. I just... Uh, got to be 25 times a day i'm hauling that thing out really quick oh my god look at this you know and i gotta go back and do some deleting at some point because my phone is pretty full right now but it's been fun to document literally every day since we've been in the house here for whatever it's been a couple months so it's well i can tell you tim and i are uh veteran dads and you know, it's funny, the first kid, eh, Tim? The first, and I used to do this joke in my act. I'd talk about, you know, your first kid. You've got, you know, so much video and so many pictures, and it's unbelievable. And it's like they have their own Netflix special. Your second kid's a couple of courtroom sketches in a Polaroid. <laughs> I know. And your second kid, at about age 24, starts to see a therapist. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm just going to so, say, it's funny you know, say that. My second so kid, my daughter, my second kid, my youngest daughter is like, did you guys? not know I was around because there's so many pictures of her sister but it's good to have you back how about listen let's get right to golf Deshaun Casey you recently I follow you on Instagram and you were putting up some pictures of uh, your students uh, working on their golf games Uh, during this last couple of months when everything has been turned upside down including the golf world coaches like you have continued uh, I guess through using technology like this, but give us some an overview of what it's been like working with your students and, and other people. Yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. And I think, you know, some of the benefit, there's going to be some benefits come out of this whole experience we're going through. And uh, certainly one of them is going to be the increased use of, uh, of being able to connect without actually being in person. Even when we go back to connecting in person and I see my kids on a more regular basis uh, outside at the golf course, I'm going to continue to use Zoom. You know, I think it's why would I bring all of my kids uh, into a room 
and fly in a guest speaker, the costs that go along with that, the challenge of actually getting everybody to attend at that one time. It's a lot more easy if you if you can allow them to uh, connect with that guest speaker from home. And you got increased chance of getting everybody on board and being there and listening and learning. So I know one thing for sure, I am gonna continue the, uh, the Zoom guest calls. They've been awesome. Um, Connecting with the kids online with video is something I've always done, you know, between lessons because you don't see them for sometimes a week or two. So I've always done that, shared video, giving them some feedback. So I continue to do that. But what's new for me is actually going live with my kids, watching them hit balls, setting up an iPad or an iPhone in the backyard and watching them practice and giving them live feedback right in their backyard. So Amazing. I think that's also something that we can continue in the future. So that's been awesome. I've never, I'd never done that until, uh, until all this happened. It's really interesting, eh? How the pandemic is um, kind of bringing to light the possibilities of you know things that we didn't even consider before. Mm-hmm. And the the wonderful thing about the technology, like you talked about, was almost like the efficiency of it. You know, you don't have to travel anywhere, and that uh, the coaching is is just as valuable when you're not even together. So what have you found that's a little bit different between being doing, you know, your person's right there with you versus coaching them using the technology? Um, Well, usually what I have them do is send me some video just before we get on the call. So I can kind of get an up-to-date, fresh look at what a full-speed swing looks like and kind of see where they're at. And then I already enter into the time together live with like, okay, I kind of know what we need to work on. And then we would start the call and I would say, okay, I've already seen their swing, so I don't need to see that live. Let's see how you're practicing. Show, I just want to watch you practice. Show me how you prepare for your shots. And then I want to kind of see, you know, the different speeds that they do at. Do they do like a slow motion one first, then a fast one? I just want to watch them practice and how they get to the point of actually doing a a full swing and then that's where i come in i'm gonna maybe get them to change the speed at which they prepare do more preparation um maybe do some slow ones prior to the full speed just you're going to change the frequency the uh the, the of the actual you know how how many balls are hitting maybe mm-hmm. slow down hit less balls maybe decrease the speed of the practice reps maybe increase the exaggeration level hey that's not quite enough in or quite enough out or whatever um, so trying to just actually doctor their process to get them to the end result faster. That's pretty high level stuff. I mean, it, for people who don't know, uh, Sean coaches, uh, it's teenage, but once you describe who you coach and, um, the level of players they're at just, just briefly, if you don't mind, Yeah, I, I usually have approximately 20 boys in my program at any given time. And for the most part, they're all in high school and they all play tournaments and a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them would like to play college golf in, in, in most instances. So you're, you know, you're trying to help them become better tournament golfers and competitive golfers and hopefully, you know, build up a resume that attracts a college coach to, uh, to bring them onto their team in the future. Uh, Sean. Yeah, so Sean, I just thought, well, Sean, when you're working with them on video, are they hitting into nets or to simulators or are they just practice swinging to nothing? Because there's a big difference. Uh, most of them have a net now. Again, that's come out of this whole situation. Um, they have uh, they have ordered nets, and most of them have those nets now. So that's a great thing. They either set the net up in the garage or, or in the backyard or in their basement 
but most of them are hitting uh, into nets. Okay. How much lag time, because you talked about these kids getting ready for tournaments, the last, I say, two weeks at least, there's been just, I get a an email every other day about a tournament being canceled or postponed. Golf uh, Association of Ontario basically shelved the entire month of May. But June 2nd, you know, I have a qualifier of significance, and I'm sure your kids do as well. What are you talking about with them in terms of the lag time between practice and play? Because what you're talking about is great for block practice and refinement. But what about getting back out there? Because very quickly, they're going to have to go from simulation to a real round. Yep. Yeah, so I mean you're right. Right now mostly it's it's dragging out the technical phase. Mm-hmm. Like when we draw up the yearly plan or if you look at the yearly plan for any athlete, um we should be into a competition phase right now and we're not. So what we've done is again, you know, pros and cons everything, but the benefit of that is for those that didn't get the swing changes in place and the reps they ought to, they ought to have gotten in in the winter months for different reasons. It's given them an opportunity to actually get their swing dialed in and get an increased amount of reps in prior to the season. Um, so there's kind of a benefit to it in that sense. They can really get their swings going and have these nets at home now moving forward. They'll be able to get right. Hey, if mom and dad can't get into the golf course or, you know, you can't get a drive to the range. Now all the kids have nets. I mean, there's a potential. I think a lot of kids are going to have better golf swings in the future because they've got their block practice set up at home. And then the range now in the future could become the um, the random challenge practice that helps transition you to the golf course. So it is a little difficult to kind of hit into a net and go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a cut here, right? And I'm gonna really commit to my cut and I'm gonna visualize this hole. I'm hoping they're doing a little bit of that, but they're probably more so just doing their block stuff in the nets. But what about an average player? And maybe Tim, you can weigh in on this as well from a mental perspective. You know, I'm on a group chat every Wednesday. I put a Zoom meeting together for my men's night. <laughs> Guys, it's 20 men in various stages of inebriation yelling. <laughs> it is pretty funny. It's like an hour and a half of just yelling about the return to golf. But what do you guys think about just an average guy when they go back out? Uh, it's much later than we would normally get out there. What about setting reasonable expectations? Why don't you take that first, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that today because I'm hoping to see the kids uh, soon. As you guys know, the golf courses will open really soon, and I'm trying to prepare for that. So I'm I'm already drafting up. You know, what's my first tee speech going to be when we're when I'm taking my first group of boys out on the golf course in let's say two weeks? and you hit it on the head, I mean, the first thing is going to be expectations. I mean, there's going to be some excitement, some nerves, of course. How am I going to play, you know, as we always have that first round of the season. But you're right, it'll be pretty close to the, hopefully, the start of tournament season will be coming up, and they'll have their qualifiers. And I really just want them to go out those first couple rounds uh, and sort of, you know, have that attitude. I think we've talked about this in the past, guys, kind of this attitude of, like, let's see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, build. Let's see where I'm at, assess my skills, use it as an opportunity to uh, see what's rusty and what's pretty good and and develop the plan from there. So I really hope they do enjoy that first round out and have that attitude of let's just go experience it and see what it gives me. And I'll bring my best as I can to the situation, see what I can get out of myself. But, uh, yeah, I don't think you really want to have too much for expectations that uh, that first round. What about you, Timmy? 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm right on the same page as as Case is that um, expectations just can drive you crazy. And I love the phrase, uh, "the man with no expectations is never disappointed." Um, <laughs> but I think it it takes some intentionality. It's like, what am I going to bring to the golf course in terms of my point of view? And I think that one of the things that whether you're a junior or an adult is 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 let's go out there and just enjoy the experience for one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be phenomenal when we get to finally go out and just be outside, see some friends, hit the white ball off green, because that's going to be fantastic. So instead of judging it in terms of, oh, how good is my swing and how well am I playing, how about we just kind of accept what is and just enjoy the experience. And over time, then we can start to make that transition into being m- – being able to be in that that mode where we're we're kind of striking that balance between what's happening in our in our game what's happening in our shots and being able to just let it go and play with a degree of freedom i don't know howard how's that i I was thinking about this myself because i i thought if we start they're talking about starting somewhere around uh i heard Recently, I heard this morning, like May 24th, May 22nd, something like Just that. Just after the May 2-4, yeah. Right. And I, and I thought, well, if I get a couple of rounds in before my first qualifier, and I was saying this to my friend, uh, my lady friend, Rachel, I said, you know, I think in a weird way it will mitigate my expectations. And, and I would say for your tournament players and anyone playing, everyone is going to be in the same boat. We've all been maybe hitting some balls this winter or hitting it into nets or practicing in your, you know, your lab. <laughs> but I think all of us are going to be in the same boat. So my notion of it is not only are my expectations going to be mitigated, but I think everyone will feel that. And to what you're saying there, Tim, I think there'll be such unbridled joy for the first couple of weeks of just being outside again that maybe the score won't be as crucial and I and I can imagine those qualifying scores may be a bit higher on average, don't you think, Case? Yeah, I think uh, I think Tim, you sort of rung a bell with me there. Acceptance, you said, and uh, I think you know to get through any situation and 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 get the most out of it. I think you got to kind of uh, accept. And I'm thinking, like, you go out that first round, you got to accept what whatever it is. Yeah. You know, how are you gonna? Some people are gonna play good. Because they're they're they don't have those expectations. They're in a good state. Their their attitude is phenomenal. They're just so happy to be out there. And then you're gonna have other people that where the nerves and the how am I gonna play and the ego might kick in and you know, they're playing with other people and certainly with my kids, I mean they're gonna compare themselves to others and so you're you're really just trying to get everybody just accept, hey, we're all in a different situation here. Everybody's got a different set of experiences and preparation. And you just want every individual to go out there and accept what it is and learn from it. And that's yeah. my job as a coach is to help each of them individually uh, grow and build upon uh, where they're at at that point. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of your program, Sean, is that you've got so much experience to draw from as a good player, as, a, as a, an experienced coach, is that you can help them through that transition and give them help them with a point of view in terms of how this is going to go. And one of the things I always find is that there's been some winners where I hit lots of balls indoors and sometimes when I did not. And I find that there's really – when I go out on the golf course finally in the spring and I've hit lots of balls – there is an there's a sometimes a lengthy transition point mm-hmm. where I'm able to to switch the mind from golf swing 
to hitting shots. That is such a different piece, and it takes time. And so it's almost like we have to give ourselves some room to uh, to kind of get used to this. Yeah, I mean, I think there's got to be a balance. It's all, it doesn't have to be an argument, you know, should block practice random uh, internal, external focus. It's like it's all there. I mean, yeah. it's really it's you got to strike that balance. You look at the best players in the world with the best swings. Generally, they've got tons of reps in there, tons of block, banging out balls. But there's also a significant amount of play. They played a lot of golf, a lot of on-course reps, hitting shots off different lies, different pins, different wins. So um, it's it's really got to be a, a balance. But you don't want to be, as you know, Tim, and I know you talk a lot about this, is you definitely do not. It very rarely is someone going to play their absolute best golf, be in the zone when they are thinking heavily about their golf swing. Absolutely. And the thing about coming out of a longer winter than normal, longer block practice, like you said earlier, Case, you know, I I would have probably set aside golf swing about a month ago. Like, this is what I've got for the season. I'm locked in. I'm not going to dick around with it anymore. I'll tell you, as a player myself, what I'm missing, because I've, I've got a place near my house I can take the dog out and hit some pretty good full shots with wedges, but what I'm missing is hitting to a target and with some intention but also chipping and putting around you know like I, that's what i miss i think and that's hard to replicate in a net so i think the first couple of weeks for all of us golfers whether you're an elite player or not is going to be getting used to the environment again but hopefully if we've learned nothing the last couple of months and i'll quote our good friend Doolin. You know, we've all been in a series. It's a daily struggle for state management. And if we've been able to learn anything, it's to it, to folk what your attention it, it's what's on really what's important. And hopefully we'll be able to use golf as a way to kind of all chill out a little bit. What do you think? Well, so much of it is about adaptability. Yeah. We've had to adapt to this thing where we can't go get a haircut when we want, you know, can't go to the bank or whatever. We all had to adapt to that. Some try to resist, like <laughs> our, some our good friends in the United States, but it's the same in golf. We have to adapt to what's what's the reality. And in golf, it's, it, it's so much less when you're on the golf course about trying to make a perfect golf swing. And I'll argue that doesn't matter anything. It's about how do you adapt to the situation, the golf course, and the environment present to you. Uh, Sean, last couple of words to you before we send you along and we go to our first break on TSN. What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, there's so many little things we're touching on here. I mean, my mind kind of goes to uh, delayed gratification. You know, I think this has been a real test uh, for everybody in their patience. And uh, But I do think there's a potential here for some delayed gratification. I think that there's potential in all of this for things to come out the other side better. Uh, mind you, a, a pessimist might frame all of this very negatively. Um, and I could maybe see some of their points if they started listing out all the negatives that oh, yeah. come with this. But I choose not to do that. And I think, if, you know, ultimately, I'm always trying to look at things through a lens of, of what's the benefit of it. And, uh, you know, how can I make the most of this? And But I've certainly been tested, my patience, through all this. And uh, yeah. I do believe I do believe that there's an opportunity for things to come out the other end uh, even better. 
It's funny because I, I know you and uh, Mrs. Uh, Sean have been, uh, like a lot of us, hunkered down with our better halves. And one of the funniest things I've seen so far is about a couple weeks ago, I saw this meme. It said, uh, all married people are playing a game called, why are you doing that? And there are no winners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I got to tell you, it's, it has our relationship, my relationship, probably even better. And sure, there's been those, a few little challenging moments. Uh, I'll give you a quick one. Just from uh, Tim, Shawnee, we got we to gotta tell you what. We'll hold you over during this first break, and Sean will come back and tell yep. us. Uh, we'll wrap it up. Well, Tim's got All something. Right. Uh, this is Swing Thoughts, the podcast, now a radio show uh, through the summer, and in a couple weeks we'll be excited to get back to golf. Uh, great to be with you. Brought to you by TaylorMade and the fine family of TaylorMade products here on TSN 1150. Welcome back to Swing Thoughts, the uh, podcast now on the radio. Uh, good to be with you on the Bell family of radio stations that host the Humble and Fred Show, which I'm part of. And, of course, now uh, this program on TSN 1150. Uh, I was very happy last week. I got to be on, I didn't tell you this, Tim, uh, promoting the show on the TSN morning show. Oh, nice. Yeah, gave us a little shout out. I thought very nice. Uh, brought to you by, of course... TaylorMade Golf. The Performance Labs will be open up again at some point in Woodbridge and Oakville. Visit TaylorMadeFitting.ca to book the ultimate fitting experience with the people that know golf clubs better than anybody uh, to make sure you get the right product. Uh, part of the TaylorMade family uh, is our guest today. We're going to wrap things up here with our buddy Sean Casey from uh, the Glen Abbey Golf Academy. He has a lot of elite players and Sean, thank you for your time today. And just before we let you go, you were going to tell us, we're talking about being in lockdown and what golfers can learn and, you know, what we all have experienced the last couple of months. Yeah, I, I just think there's a, you know, the, the moments in, in your house, and we were kind of chatting on break and laughing a little bit, but, you know, often in the kitchen. And, you know, you got, I just think there's how you react to situations and things in your house, in your relationship, you know, can very easily be carried over to, you know, how you react to bad stuff that happens on, happens on a golf course or in life in general. And I just think something that's really important for me in my life is how I react to the challenges, how I react to the bogeys, the double bogeys, the bad days, the bad things that get presented to me. The energy I give those has a lot to do with those little negative situations being very short-lived and transitioning and rolling back into a positive mode and a positive day and a positive experience. So, um, you know, give you a quick one last night, you know, not a great energy in the kitchen. Uh, it became very clear that, uh, you know, Kate was not going to make dinner tonight, but of course this is always at a time where like my stomach's already like, I'm hungry. Like, you know, when we start having our dinner chat, sometimes it's like, you're, I'm expecting it to be whipped up pretty quick. And, and that, but that's how it happens. Like Kate is amazing. We usually have a quick chat about dinner and before you know it, she gets in there and we're eating some awesome food in 20 minutes, half an hour. So I was just like, hey, you know, what do you think about dinner? And the, the energy and the look, I was like, oh, boy. I was like, we're, we're not getting dinner tonight. So, <laughs> But, you know, how I handled that is, is important. 
And I think, you know, to not pressure that or, or try to get her to make dinner, or, you know, so before you know it, we're, uh, we're ordering up what she would like online. And yeah. uh, she, she, you know, had, had kind of just ordered whatever she and I usually like what she likes. So she would have, all of a sudden Kate's happy, you know, Kate's not making dinner and we're getting some order in, skip the dishes or Uber Eats, I forget. And that's called a marriage I, birdie. Yeah. That's a marriage you, birdie. How you accept that and kind of roll with that, I think is so important. Well, that's a veteran move, Casey. That you is. Know, that and is. it wasn't just what came right after the skip the dishes. It was the, you know, Kate woke up in the morning with more energy to start the next day. And guess what? She made pancakes. Okay. Well, there you go. You know, That's from a golf coach. So if you want to turn your golf game into a pancake, don't argue with Casey's wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, that's, I, some I veteran, that's some veteran stuff there, pal. Not yeah. golf and life. Good yeah. stuff there, man. Well, when she offered to make pancakes tomorrow, I thought to myself, you know, this goes back to dinner last night. She didn't oh, yeah. make dinner. She had some break. Her energy's come back up. She didn't devote too much energy in the kitchen last night. And all of a sudden, she wakes up ready to make stuff today. Well, very good, coach. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, we, we, Tammy, we got to get back to the golf, but that's a brilliant. That is <laughs> no, such, that is golf. That, that is, is golf. golf. It's how we re, it's how we react to the world. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like it's about it's about it's, instead of reacting like oh crap, I want dinner now. I want something made for me. It's more like okay, this is what's happening. Yeah, then you know what? Quickly. Yeah, and I'll just resp- and you responded to it. So instead of going to this place of judgment or oh crap or whatever, you just went. All right, this is what reality's given me, and yeah. I'm gonna go with it. Go downstream, what? I say. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's a the there's a book I'm reading that Rory McIlroy recommended called "The Obstacle Is the Way," and every married guy should read that as well. Uh, all right, Case uh, Sean Casey Thanks, Golf, uh, Glen Abbey great Golf Academy, and a friend of this program. Always great seeing you, sir. And as I say to everyone, end meeting. <laughs> Take care, man. See you, fellas. Uh, we'll yeah. continue on here uh, with Swing Thoughts. Uh, a bunch of things going on. Actually, some, some cool tailor-made stuff. You know, finally, after months of really no sports on television, uh, team tailor-made. I, I, I'm doing this from memory. It's Rory, Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, and Matthew Wolf in a made-for-TV skins game. It's got yeah. a charitable component to it. Uh, just your thoughts on, and, and there's another uh, made-for-TV event we can talk about in a second, but I, I, I like the fact that TaylorMade's doing this. Uh, while you react, I'll uh, get here the um, what the, uh, ch- the charity is. Uh, it's $3 million bucks. It's yep. to support COVID relief efforts. Right. I'm just looking at, at this here. Thank you. Uh, I think it's wonderful. I think it's absolutely great. Uh, on a lesser note it's hey we get to actually watch actual <laughs> golf being played oh yeah that will be cool um and you know what yeah there's you know it's it, it's it's good for it's it's great for taylor made for sure for sure but what a that that's what i think really conscientious corporations do that are true world citizens they they jump through hoops and they like pulling something together like this mm-hmm. wow takes a ton of work uh but i think it'll be fun and it'll be it's it's it it's really going to help with bring the golf community together. Uh, everyone's going to be watching it. It'll be fun, and it's all everything. It, it's not going to be about who wins, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be about how much money can we raise, the awareness we can we can generate around 
you know, people being safe and, and, you know, you know, saying things like thanks to the grocery store clerk. Yeah. I, I think it'll be awesome. And I'll, I'll probably tear up uh, at least twice, maybe three times. I think uh, from uh, all of those aspects, um, not the least of which is, you know, getting to watch something that's new. It'll be fun. It'll be for a great cause, obviously. But I think it's kind of, I, I heard, I think I heard Mark Zacchino talk about it on a PGA Tour radio the other day. Mark's a guy yep. from Canada. He's one of the one of the dudes on PGA Tour. He covers the PGA Tour. In fact, Mark and a guy that I know named David Hempstead have a, a new television show. We should maybe reach out to Mark to talk about it because it's on CBS Sports Online. And it's oh, kind of a funny little, little... It's a funny show about golf. And Hempstead is a stand-up comedian, one of the best in the country. But he was also a uh, on a golf scholarship in the States. He's a fine, fine player. I don't think he won the Ontario Amateur, but came close. Like, he's that level of player, way beyond me. Yeah. So, But they were talking about it, and I like it's almost like a soft opening for golf. It's kind of like, okay, we'll get some televised golf. And then in a few weeks later, I think, if memory serves me, it'll be June something where that first tournament is being played. Is it the Memorial? Is that the first one, Tim? I thought it was Heritage. Maybe it's Heritage. You're right. Yeah. And so it's kind of a soft opening for golf on TV again, which I'm excited about just because I've actually lost my um, taste for watching reruns on the weekend. Like the last one I did, I think it was the Masters and then one after that, but I just don't feel the the same yeah. anymore. I just want to see something that's new. Oh, absolutely. Well, I don't even just, I don't know, I, I don't even watch regular PJ tour golf. I watch majors. I watch, you know, the tier two players, memorials, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get it. Uh, how, um, can lose interest in it, but yeah, let's see some real golf. Let's see somebody trying to hit a shot. Let's see somebody reacting. Let's see. I don't know. How are they? They're not going to be high fiving and no. pumping. they could be like, what's going to be the new way that you celebrate with your partner? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, you know, it's funny you brought that up because we've talked a lot about this on the Humble and Fred show about the the interconnectivity of everything. Um, I'll give an example. I'm, you know, watching, there's a great documentary ESPN uh, shot, but it's been on Netflix. It's called The Last Dance. It's the last year of the Chicago Bulls. Oh, their second yeah. three P. I've seen parts of it. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, it's a six-part series. It's an easy watch, but it's fascinating. Yeah. But just what you said, like, they're all celebrating. You know, there's a lot of, you know, basketball is very physical. In a, in a lot of ways, people don't realize there's a lot of pushing and shoving. And, I, and so how are they going to come back? How's hockey going to come back? Football in the fall. But golf, at least you can distance yourself from each other. But what about all the people that are going to be there producing the broadcast all the technical people all the officials it's a lot of people in a in a fairly close proximity and those are the things you don't think about when you're they're watching them. To, yeah and they're gonna have to work through all that it's it's it there's so much challenge that's why you know people go how come the golf courses aren't open in ontario because there's a lot of stuff to take care of yeah. it it's really difficult like for sake of example i was talking to um so some of the people I coach are are golf professionals, and I talked to this one fellow, and 
they've got to replace the batteries in 115 carts. Yeah. And they thought that he'd be done this in about with five guys. They'd be done in two days. Nah, they got four carts done in two hours. And the question, the real connection I'm making to what you're talking about is they got five guys. They all got the masks on, the gloves, but they're tr- they're having to work kind of in close proximity because this is some heavy lifting mm-hmm. stuff, and it's a hard thing to 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 deal with. They got their own fears about what's going on, trying to stay safe, but. They've got to get this done so the golf course can open. Well, as I say, you know, it's the interconnectivity of no matter what you think about, you know, in your business, you're used to delivering, you know, your webinars or your, I'm sorry, your seminars in person and all the, uh, all the things that go into something, gathering people in a meeting room, et cetera. And then you change all that. And all of a sudden, you're doing it in a different way. And sure, this technology works, but there are going to be there's going to be an opening of society soon, and we're all going to have to kind of work around each other. I can tell you the difference. I live in the city of Toronto, and there's nowhere I go that people aren't wearing masks. My my friend Fred, like yourself, lives outside of the city, and where he goes, people are rarely wearing masks. So exactly, I don't know. Like I, I'm. Is it, are we more paranoid in the city because there's more of us in a small space? Well, it is the density is a is a key problem. My uh, my niece lives in uh, New York City, and she and most of her friends got COVID. But she's a very she's she's uh, very athletic, and so it just kind of passed through without much of an incident. But there's a level of of uh we talked about it earlier i think it just angst mm-hmm. and all to the point of paranoia some some people and but some people also are blissfully ignorant you know you go to the grocery store and some guy comes up right behind you <laughs> no, over your shoulder for for like the uh you know the cucumbers and it's like whoa get the hell I away know. from me well listen you know you, you mentioned your niece you know my daughter lives in new york that's right yeah yeah Remember me, your partner of four years? Anyway, yes, sir. Um, and she, for months, has been I asking me, Daddy, should I come home? And I, I didn't know what to say to her, you know? And, and she believes her and her roommate and a bunch of their friends probably got it. You know, she works in Manhattan, and she was sent home the first week of March, because they all work remotely anyway. And uh, she came home uh, two weeks ago. And uh, she's now... Uh, quarantining herself in my girlfriend's apartment and she gets out the day after tomorrow and uh, I'm glad she's not there uh, oh, yeah. just because of the whole other the, the, the fact is if there is a worse place there's no worse place in North America to be but that's the density of it that's why Ontario is the last province I think that's allowing golf there's just a lot of us and there's a lot more than, you know, my buddy in Saskatchewan that listens to our show, Mark Albert, loves the swing thoughts. And, um, you know, he was telling me a few weeks ago, there's only about a, when I talked to him three weeks ago, I think there was like 55 or 100 cases in the entire province and no deaths. So, of course, open it up. Go. You know, but here it's like a different story. And as, as you said, all these people that are like, oh, when the golf courses open up? Well, there's a lot. It's a bigger. It's a. It's part of a bigger issue, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
I, I didn't make any friends, I don't think, in the golf business about seven weeks ago when I wrote a blog say, stay the blah, 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 off the golf course. Uh, there's bigger things going on here, but I think we're starting to get a handle on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I talked to a lot of golf professionals, and they're working their butts off to get things in a way, so a lot of structure. So, so I've worked with uh, Clublink, and it's amazing when I start to hear what they're doing uh, to make sure at the level one yeah. uh, of, of operating the golf courses. And uh, people are going to have, it's going to be very difficult too, because some of these golf professionals are going to have to talk to the members as if it's going to be a different dynamic. They're going to say, uh, George, back off, or can you, you can't go here, mm-hmm. you can't do that. And, and it's, so it's going to take, uh, again, back to that word adaptability, a lot of patience, a, a lot of understanding, getting that big picture in mind that we all have got to adapt to this. Uh, so that's our match with our friends at TaylorMade, Team TaylorMade. That's the 17th, made for TV. On the 19th is the return of the match, Phil Tiger, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. Uh, the first match, and I'm a Tiger fan, you know that I'm a nerd. Uh, the first match was brutal. It was just, uh, it wasn't great golf. And uh, Tiger, legendarily not the best in terms of the banter on camera. <laughs> Phil, of course, Phil, I'll give Phil... I, I give Phil full due for being more of a showman. He kind of oh, yeah. he, he he navigates that world very nicely, and is you know I I never used to like him, but I've started to begrudgingly and like him for that. That he's you know he's he's good with that stuff. But that being said, uh, on Phil's Instagram, I'm going to play you this. He and uh, Tiger Manning and Brady were on a Zoom call just like this, promoting the match. <clears throat> I think the match. Sorry. Uh, the match is the uh, the nineteenth, which is weird. It's Tuesday, I guess. A Tuesday night. I, uh, let me look it up. Yeah, well, yeah, I, th- I, I think it's a Tuesday. Anyway, the uh, the Taylor made match is a Sunday. A couple days later, we're going to have some televised golf. So I'm going to turn when I when I click this audio. So it's Phil, and he starts off. It's about a thirty second clip, and he starts off trash talking Tiger. Um, by sort of kidding him about uh, the trophy that that Phil got from uh, winning the first match. Okay, you ready? Okay, have a listen to this, Timmy. Here we go. Hang on. Let me get it going here. Here we go. Tiger's pretty familiar with this. Uh, Obviously, when you were putting the jacket on me, it fit perfect. Thank you. And then this is the trophy for the match. I don't know, actually, Tiger, if you know what this looks like. You might have caught a glimpse, but that's that's actually what the trophy looks like. Uh, had you would have won. So that's the so t- Phil's kidding Tiger about you know uh, it's a picture of Tiger putting the green jacket on Phil, and everyone's laughing. And uh, I have to pause now because, and then he kids him about the trophy from the match. And then Tiger goes, you know, I just came out of an ice bath. Uh, and I'm a little chilly. And then what he does is he takes the master's jacket that he won last year and he just puts it around himself. <laughs> Good for him. In a way, it was. It was like, it, you know, again, he's not the best at this stuff, but he's really good at getting at, getting back to Phil. And, and and to his credit, Phil loved it, right? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, Tigers, yeah, Tigers a lot better at that stuff. When he was on with, when he was on with Jim Nance during the 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 Masters Rewind thing, 
that was really good. That was that that was worth watching, man. Um, you know, over the years he's just gotten a little bit more open, a little bit. He's kind of bring the walls down, and so it's 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 great to watch Tiger, kind of freewheeling it. Um, just before we go uh, from the radio part, I'm not sure how much extra we'll do today, but I found something fascinating. I want to talk to you about this. Because we, we, you know, we talk a lot about the mental game on the show, and we were talking to Casey about you know doing some block practice on your golf swing, and and I, and one of the things I'm lamenting is the inability to, you know, to practice near the greens because I think for a lot of people they and we've talked about it on the show since we started, you know, like forget your full swing if you could sharpen up your short game. There's so much more growth opportunity, even for a higher handicap. You know, my older brothers love the game. They shoot in the 80s and 90s, but they three-putt many, many times around, or they don't get up and down and or get up and up. You know, one of the things that, uh, I'm not sure if it was Doolin or Carl Morris, but, you know, for a higher handicap player, they're not always assured of getting the first chip onto the surface, where if they just did that, there's five or six more strokes around that they could save. Yeah, well, uh, things that you can do is is indoors is chip balls uh, in around. And what I would say is one of the things is you can put little little targets, almost like little coasters, mm-hmm. and put them at, at sporadic places, and just try and land the ball as close to as one of those, and have it different. Have one four feet away, one ten feet away, you know. And and yes, uh, you might put a few uh, dents in your drywall. <laughs> That's but, right. I've done uh, that. That's the risk you take as a golfer. So I, uh, I found this. It's on uh, golf.com. I'll, everyone can go and, and, and Google this. But if you go to golf.com, they've got a putting chart up there. And uh, it's just interesting. They, they, they do it sort of a circular graph. And it's the distance, three-putt percentage, and expected putts. So just really briefly, at 24 feet, here's a perfect example. At 24 feet, um, you're the, the average player takes 1.9 strokes from there, so just under two. But as soon as you get out to about 35 feet, the three-putt percentage goes up. And as you get further and further around the circle at 40 feet, at 50 feet, your three-putt percentage goes up, your number of putts go up, and I just found it fascinating thinking, you know, again, to rededicate myself and maybe to pass this on to other players, that those strokes around the green, it's, what's, it's what our friends at Decade Golf say. It's not the birdies you make. It's the three putts you don't incur. It's the two chips. It's the penalty shots. But those, are, those strokes around the greens, man, that's a bunch of strokes around for all of us. Yeah, that's that's the place where, you know, rather than oh, really fussing about whether you can turn over a five iron or 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 hit a fade with your seven iron, there's so much more investment, mm-hmm. uh, uh, dividends on investing your time in your wedges, your putter and your driver. If you can't get the ball and play off the tee, you're screwed. Uh, and if you can't have kind of a tidy, efficient short game, you're not gonna. You're just not gonna score. So that's the place to invest your time. Well, and and it's funny because you know I know you've worked with some players around the green. I, I spent a lot of time playing games 
around the green. And that's the one thing I would have by now been doing a lot more of, which oh, you can't yeah, yeah, do. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. You know, getting your drives somewhat in play, so that eliminates some of those penalty shots because, you know, out of bounds and in water. And then after that, for the average 18, 16, 14 handicap, man, there's so much, Well, and you've said there's so much good uh, stroke saving, but it's just not sexy. It's not oh, as satisfying. Exactly. Nope. And, and, and it fascinates me. We always talk about the joke is you can always tell the club championship's coming because that's the first time you see some people, pr you know, practicing their short game, like the night before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, man. All right. Well, listen, uh, we've got time at the end of this radio show to let people know how to get a hold of you. Some good. Uh, we're going to be done here in about 90 seconds. So how do people get a hold of Tim O'Connor? O'ConnorGolf.ca. That's where you go, good folks. Blogs, webinars, seminars, instruction. Uh, you can always catch me Monday through Friday on the Humble and Fred Show. Uh, go to HumbleAndFredRadio.com. Uh, as always, uh, man, thanks so much to uh, TaylorMade. All new Sim and Sim Max Fairway uh, Woods. Experience lower center of gravity and higher launch. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca. And Timmy, we're only... We're only a couple weeks away. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I've, I've been, I, I wasn't thinking about golf a lot, about the actual playing it, and now I am. I'm champing at the bit. I'm using my TP5 uh, picks balls uh, on the uh, the office carpet here <laughs> and and chipping into a pillow. And so it's, yeah, it, it, it golf has its hooks in me. My uh, girlfriend, who's living here during the lockdown, she said, "Hey, when you're when you're going to hit balls up in the spare bedroom, could you let me know?" I said, "Why?" She goes, "Because it sounds like you're hurting yourself up there." I go, "Well, in a way, I am." Hey, I loved how this week uh, Ralph Bauer was on our coach's Zoom call on Tuesdays, and you were hitting balls in your in your lab. There, he goes, "Hey, that's great." You see, you're not taking divots out of your carpet. Uh, we'll have more next week. You can always find us at Swing Thoughts on Facebook, and all the best. Thanks for being here on TSN eleven fifty. Competition in other places but the homes I just want to say for, uh, just quickly for our podcast actually do you have a couple more minutes yeah yeah so for you people who don't really know what we're talking about, Tim has this thing on uh, Tuesdays. He invited me on. I was the only non-professional. And Ralph Bauer, who I've, I've met before, you've, you, he's, he's got a, a kid on your golf team, and that's how you know him. And he's a Adam Hadwin's coach, et cetera, et cetera. I worked with him once. Very, very good guy. But, you know, he, he, he told me some stuff. And here's where I think I've matured, as I said to you before the show started. Like, and he, he made a good point. There are some things going on in my golf swing. Yes, I could make them better, but I'm not going to, I'm not changing anything right now. I talked about this with Doolin last week. We were, we were just shooting the shit about stuff. It wasn't a golf call. Um, and I, he just said to me, Howie, because he calls me Howie, he says, Howie, just, just stay what, stay the course now. He said, get, how he put it was, get deeply interested in what you're already doing, because it's fine, you know? Um, and he's right. And, I, did, you know, I, I sent Ralph a note saying, hey, I really appreciate the feedback. If you could, because he really didn't explain to me what I should do. But I, I tell you the truth is, I, I like where my ball is going. And, and I think a lot of golfers can relate to, 
you know, you're, you're not to be too esoteric, but you're already good enough. Where you're at, and it's what I said on the, on the, on the show, you just get better around the greens. Just a little better. Just a percentage better around the greens. Uh, that's all I need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I really like the fact that, so Ralph gave you some interesting feedback, uh, the piece about the head movement, right? Yeah. Uh, and off the ball, and it kind of like, it's kind of go back. So I could see that what he was getting at, but I love the fact that you didn't immediately go, oh, yes, and run up to your lab, if you will, and start working on it and get yourself on video and get the line going down beside your head, all that, all that stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, everyone has has their own idiosyncrasies to their swing yeah and and it doesn't if the form isn't absolutely uh perfect who freaking cares i mean you know it's 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 the classic story is jim furick you know he's like people looked at that swing go oh my god the guys won a u.s open one shot 59 i think 58 and 58 yeah yeah and he seems to have done pretty good with that motion. Well, one of the things that Ralph, I, I, by the way, I, I felt bad for you because you were hosting this thing. And I felt bad for all of us because Ralph's audio was just terrible and it was distracting. Okay. You know, his, his Internet, wherever he lives, wasn't very good. He's in the country. Yeah. And, and it's too bad because he's obviously a bright, bright guy uh, with a lot of great things to say. But, it's you know, it's funny. Watching yourself on video, even as much as I've done it, just makes you want to puke. And and I came in, because you would ask me, hey, if I want to be on the call, would you like to have your swing analyzed? Now, I was out with the dog that day, and I was just hitting it great. Like, I loved it. Then I go and record that swing, and I'm looking at it, and I just want to puke again. (laughs) I know, I know. It's very interesting. Shit. I had a I had a uh, an interesting phone call with our our good friend George McNamara last night, who is a very good friend of Fred Shoemaker. Yes. He's been, shall we say, a disciple for years and years. And we talked about that you can kind of take a, a different point of view when you're looking on your swing and video. And what most people will do, me included, is I, I videotape myself, and then as soon as I play, it, I go, "Oh, really." I'm doing that. Oh my gosh, I should be doing this. That should be tighter. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. And George says that a very different thing happens when you look at the video of yourself and say, What surprises me? Mm-hmm. Now, it may seem, you know, semantics or splitting hairs, but I think there is a big difference. When I say what surprises me, I can actually more kind of appreciate what I've got mm-hmm. and more accepting of, say, my idiosyncrasies. As opposed to, oh my gosh, I didn't, uh, I didn't meet the the model or of whatever, you know, turning my hips forty five degrees or something. Yeah, you're not judging yourself when you ask the question. What's because I've heard that from George and Fred. Um, yeah. When you ask the question, what surprises me about what I'm doing? It sort of softens the judgment of what I'm not doing. Like I've kind of reconciled myself. That I'm not going to be able to swing it like Rory or Tiger or Dustin. And I and I was actually, like both of the swings that Ralph looked at, the ones that I sent, you know, I was also pleased with how they felt, you know. And so that really, and yeah, I could nitpick over the fact that I move off it slightly and that I'm not as on top of it as I could be. 
Mm-hmm. But I also, like I said, I came in from an hour of hitting wedges and nine irons just beautifully. And, and any way I want to. You know, like I can cut a golf ball. I can hit a low one. And those are things that, as we were saying with Casey, I'm excited about the season because I think all of us are going to have, I hope we are going to have a, um, I don't know, maybe a more philosophical look at what we're doing. And, yeah. ma- and maybe that'll inform our golf in a way that you and I have been advocating, you know, for a long time. I hundred percent. I think that this is an opportunity. When we get out on the golf course, we're going to be in such a, I, me, speak for me, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. And this is going to be so <laughs> much fun. I'm, I'm trying to think of like my walk-on music onto the first tee. You know, it'll be so much fun. We just won't be able to high-five each other. Well, but I really think that we'll connect with, I was thinking about when we're talking with Case, is that when we finally get out there, It'll be just the joy of being able to play. And I think that maybe if some people may get the sense of maybe it's not all about, uh, you know, monitoring my score and am I going to hit my career thing? Am my handicap going to get lower? Maybe it's about just the fun we can have and the freedom we can experience. And, and having a taste of that might go, wow, this is way better than, 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 than being all concerned about you know, breaking 90, 80 or whatever. You know, it's funny. I'm smiling because I thought the exact same thing, how exalted all, and, you know, I'll be happy and being in the green space and golf is my favorite place and et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> until I make a double. Exactly. And then I'll be like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I've waited all this time to go par, par, birdie, triple. A three-putt? Oh, my God, a three-putt. I didn't work hard enough on my stroke in the wintertime. Yeah, I got to uh, I gotta do that. I, I take... I. Uh, <laughs> Because I'm now living with a woman, I have to. She works out in my golf lab, and it's all been straightened up. And I know how your voice got a lot quieter because yeah, I don't want her to hear me. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of her. She's Isolation, sc- working at home, broadcaster. Right. She's scary. She scares me. So because she puts everything away, and we ordered curtains, and we painted our bedroom. Oh shit, yeah. Anyway, so I've decided because she does. So I, I usually just have the putting mat just out in the middle of the floor, but I can't anymore because she works out there. So I was thinking I better get it downstairs here because I haven't really hit a putt since, uh, I don't know, February. Like, I feel, like I said to you uh, after Ralph, you know, I feel good about my full swing. I feel good about my relationship to me and the golf ball, but I just chomping at the bit to hit to a thing. And I have started doing that even in my little field. There's all these little trees and stuff and so i'll challenge myself to hit a 30 yard pitch a 20 yard pitch and just make some consequence other than just how does a golf you know i mean i will say it's really saved me being and i feel like i i don't have a net set up i can hit balls indoors but it really has saved me being able to go and and just be outside you know Mm -hmm. it really has yeah yeah, absolutely hey um i want to kind of just want to go back about couple of minutes i think this connects i'd be really interested in your input on this one because i think it connects with what we're talking about when we see ourselves on video and we go through an experience and all this stuff so as we talked about i'm doing these uh webinars mm-hmm. they're called obedience training for your brain and and you know it's about taking the skills of of awareness that high-level golfers use to control their thinking and their emotions. And so, anyways, I was giving 
part two of that webinar on, I think it was Tuesday, to the PGA of Ontario. There's about 22 pros on this call. And uh, one, one quick thing is that everyone except two have, <laughs> have blocked their video. So I can only see two people. Hmm. And the rest of them are, are, I don't know what they're doing, email while listening or something. Anyways, what I was aware of is that as I was giving this webinar, for the first 15 minutes or so, I was tight. I could hear my even my voice was a little higher register, and I was trying to be in my body as I talk about, but I just couldn't lose the tightness. And I thought, this is terrible. They're hating it. My voice is all, meh, meh, meh. And then, <laughs> I, and then I watched it on video. It was fine. Yeah. Like, I was aware at certain points of doing it. I was thinking, oh, are, these, are they caring? Do they care about this story? And I watched it on video as I'm doing this stuff. While I'm thinking about this, I went, oh, I'm fine. What, what am I sort of mithering about? Uh, I love that. I don't word. know. Mithering. What's, yeah, it's a. You know, I I, it from I, uh, the fall. I'll tell you, with me as a comic, um, I can always tell the first couple of minutes when I'm on stage. It doesn't happen as much anymore, but when it happens, I can always feel it. I feel like I'm not, I'm not making any connection with people, and and I know it. And I'll listen back, and it doesn't sound any different. But I can feel it. It's like, it's like I'm not in the room yet. Right. And sometimes you arrive late. Like your body's there, you know. You're all, you're physically there, but you're not mentally there. And I think golfers experience that sometimes too. You know that story Robert Dameron told yeah. last week about, you know, f- first time he played the Arnold Palmer Invitation as a pro, three holes went by and it was like a blur. So physically he was there. But it took him a while to mentally arrive. And I think with you, you know, you know, you're we're, we're all like this. You know, you're you're again, back to that Stuart Small character from Saturday Night Live. You're good enough. Oh, yeah. You're smart enough. You're enough. Um, and one of the things that is one of the demarcations of a golfer is always chasing to be better. You know, like I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not. I don't have a good enough golf swing to be a good player, and yet most of us are fine. Absolutely. You know? Just fine. What, well, isn't that interesting how we come full circle back, back to the Ralph Bauer thing of him analyzing your swing? You didn't run off to go, oh, my God, I've got to fix this. My swing's not going to be perfect. And But you were, like, okay with it. So that's really cool um, that you didn't fall into that rabbit hole which is based on a belief system that I'm not good enough. And I didn't want to argue with Ralph while he was analyzing it, but I'm like, you know, there's only so, I mean, I love the golf swing. I mean, I, if in another incarnation of this show, you know, I could have easily, you and I both could have easily just talked about golf swings and the things we know and the people we've met and the Todd Graves and the Mo Normans and the Ben Kearns. And I, you know, I've, I've had lessons from, you know, some of the most famous people on the planet. But it's less interesting to me. I mean, I like it, but it's less interesting than this conversation. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. So I used to keep a little black vinyl <laughs> no, I know you did. folder thing. And it had, like, 
it had the details from every lesson pretty well I ever took. It went back to I think the late 80s for gosh sake. <laughs> when I when I went through this thing, it was just things like keep right knee flex. <laughs> I know. Uh, shift weight to left foot. You know, and you go ahead like 5 years, same shit. I know. And it's like it's like wow, really? Talk about um uh spinning your wheels and just being stuck in in the stuff that just really at the end of the day didn't make much of a difference at all. Well, let me give you a compliment because I, I got to go upstairs and say hi to my girlfriend's parents. Um, they're on a Zoom call. I'll tell you what you said about you know maybe when golf returns, seeing and and hopefully we can all see a, a, another game to be played. And, and I don't know how how long that'll last. You know, what human beings are like, but maybe there's. Uh, an opportunity now to see another game, to enjoy the game in in, in ways that maybe we wouldn't have appreciated uh, before there was a global pandemic. So that's what I want to say. Goodbye to you, sir. Yeah, there's one you're, of the silver linings. Well, thanks, thanks, man. Very uh, lovely. Goodbye to you, sir. It's always it's been really uh, this has been really fun. Good to have our pal uh, Sean yeah. Casey on the line. Yeah, and uh, as I've been telling everyone. End meeting, Tim O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Take care. Bye.